Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here as a company. Angel's helping out at the set at the uh, BBBC. Back in our Finley Toyota studios, it's Ari. We've got an hour on the way. Big Five coming up in a couple of minutes. We're going to try to track down the uh, head coach of Arizona State football. Yeah, Herm Edwards, former NFL coach and NFL player. Hopefully we get uh, Herm on around uh, 5.30, 5.33 this hour. And uh, it's all heading towards a 6.30 start for the Marcus Arroyo coaches show over at Parkway Tavern at Flamingo and 2.15. So a uh, ton of talk around the UNLV Arizona State game is on the way. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. We'll try to keep it together. I got very confused yesterday, discombobulated. We talked about Arizona State and then called them the Wildcats. I, I, I will not do that close around Coach Herm because I could get my head ripped off. I get very angry. You might not have learned basics as a kid. Maybe you were watching the wrong things. You know, I wasn't a kid uh, in this time period you're referencing. I actually, I didn't even bother looking up when the show was on, but I assume, you know, it's funny. I was watching... There was something on uh, some CNN documentary, uh, like the history of sitcoms. And I'll tell you, the stuff I really connected with was actually early 70s into the 80s. And then when they started showing like late 90s, early 2000s. No, check that. They started showing about 91 all the way through the early, you know, like 2001, 2002. I had no idea of any of the sitcoms. We're talking like like, I didn't see any of that. Stay by the Bell, Boy Meets World. Family Matters. That's, I, that's you know, what? Era you're, you're... I watched Save by the Bell. Kapowski was a must-watch at the time. Sure. Uh, but there are so many shows in that like ninety-one to ninety-nine, two thousand era. So is this when the show was on? What is Blues Clues? Right, Blues Blues. So what is it called? It's Blues Clues. I will tell you. I, I'm. It's not my. Era. I'm way too old for it. But I'm very familiar with it because I have a lot of little cousins and there's always like kids around. Like Ten years ago, twenty, thirty. When was it? Uh, I believe without looking. Uh, I believe. Blues Clues with Steve with probably 95 to 2001. Somewhere in that area. 96 to 2002. Wow. Wow. Good job. Look at that. Yeah, I'd be out on that. And I wasn't a child, obviously. I was a very old man at that point. So who's Steve? Steve and why is he back? Was... He, he put a message out. And I'm, I'm like, I saw the video. It was like two and a half million views. I'm like, who is this? Steve was the host. By the way, and social media blew up. It was crazy. Uh, Steve was the host of Blues Clues. Blue's Clues was Nick Jr. It was on Nick Jr. Okay. And it would be, like you would find like there would he would be talking on the screen and then you would like there would be a, an obvious clue to what they were looking for in that episode and then you would be like a clue like, it was it was awful it was it's a terrible terrible show but it really resonated with young people at the time and here's it was massive for kids really right massive and then he just left and people kids freaked the hell out because they just brought in joe like who the hell is joe what is this hat what's going on here got on a bus and i left and we didn't see each other for like a really long time can we just talk about that because i i realized that 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 was kind of abrupt um i just kind of got up and went to college okay so steve was gone from blues clues in 2002 now he just pops up 19 years later on a right. viral video. But he also was, okay, I don't, I thought he was, I thought this was a bit when I watched this yesterday. 
and I'm reading stories that are saying he actually went to college. And, like, that's why he left. But I think he was, like, 30 at the time. Not that you can't go to college. Really? 30. Well, like, what is he? He's 40. He's late 40s now. He's older than He's nice. way older than me. years old. Yeah. And I was out of college at that time. And he's way older than me. So he, it's a really weird, because, so I thought he was I guess he was, uh, yeah, he would have been 29, and then he decided uh, it's time to go to college. Good for him. It's totally, but it it also, like, because of that age timeline, again, it's totally fine to go to school at 29, 30. I just thought he was doing a bit to say, like, hey, this is what my character did, is went to college. But it turns out everybody's saying he actually did just go to college, which is kind of weird. But, yeah, it was it was very traumatic for kids to be like, hey, this is the guy I spent every day with. Where the hell did he go? I guess he's back, and uh, a lot of people cried. I got to use my mind and take a step at a time, and now I literally am doing many of the things that I wanted to do. And then look at you, and look at all you have done, and all you have accomplished in all that time. And it just it's just so amazing, right? I mean, we started out with clues. And now it's what? Student loans and um, jobs and families. And some of it has been kind of hard. All the help that you helped me with when we were younger is still helping me today, right now. And that's super cool. I guess I just wanted to say that after all these years, I never forgot you, ever. And I'm super glad we're still friends. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. Uh, 25 to 35 year old Twitter absolutely blew up yesterday okay. with this video. They were freaking out about it. Uh, a lot of emotions. Uh, a lot of emotions. That was going on. It was crazy. I, I am. I'm not. I'm not surprised that it didn't resonate with you, and I'm not surprised you don't really. You're not like aware of the concept of the show. But you've never heard of Blues Clues? I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. Tell me, there was a blank period where I just <laughs> I, I just didn't see shows. It was just it's weird. Blue Blue is a, a blue dog. Oh really? Sure. Was it? Are you lying? Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I would have no idea. A clue. You could tell me anything. A clue. That's what it sounded like. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it was in Angels Will Help too. It was great. I have no idea on Ari. Ari's what? What is Ari? Thirty-seven going on fifty-eight. I don't know. Yeah. Could be twenty-one. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like hell. But this could have been one of the shows. I don't know. Blues Clues. All right, the guy's back, and people got emotional. Yesterday. I don't even think he's back. He did one video. Yeah, just, just. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm around. I don't think he's and he I'm was living wearing, life. He was wearing his outfit from the show and he did the same background. I didn't great. even know that. I had no yeah, idea. It was great. Yeah, it, seemed, it seemed like it meant something. Number four. Wow. So excited for tomorrow night. So excited for tomorrow night. I actually just bet the Cowboys plus eight and a half, even though last night on a uh, betting podcast, I said I wouldn't do it, but now I'm getting fired up. And uh, now I'm starting to buy into your anti Buck Cinema. We got football. We got TB12. We got Dak. We got defending Super Bowl champs. We got America's team. And we got Ed Sheeran. I, 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 and people were complaining about the Raiders entertainment? Yeah. Ed Sheeran? First of all. I mean, fine artist. Ed Sheeran's awesome. Okay. But uh, football? Crunch, crunch? Yeah. Because, and I mean, I don't know how many times people have to hear this or learn this, but the freakouts, the freakouts on social media over this. Ed Sheeran's not football. Maybe the other kind of football. <laughs> right? Does we, that sound like Ed Sheeran? Realize, Okay, you. I'm not saying you, Steve. You, social media moron, like Gus, whatever, whoever you are. You are going to watch the football game, aren't you? Regardless, 
regardless of who's performing, you're going to watch the football game. They're not trying to get you to watch. They are drawing you to the screen with crunch, crunch. I'm doing crunch, crunch. They're, you're going for the crunch, crunch. They need to get people that would not watch crunch, crunch. Yeah. That's why they get artists to draw people in that wouldn't ordinarily watch a football game. This, How this hard is, is this concept to understand? This is pregame or halftime? I think it's pregame. All right. Uh, we just got the word from uh, Lotus Management that we will extend Kofi and Company tomorrow and just play Ed Sheeran shortly after 5 o'clock. We will not duck out on Thursdays at 5, not when Ed Sheeran is on. So however long it takes. Watch. Uh, and and it's, if you don't want to listen to him sing, uh, go watch the video of him. Uh, his last Breakfast Club interview was fantastic. He's awesome. Really? Yeah. Why? He's great. Like he's just—he's a really interesting guy. He gets it. He kind of—he's—he's very self-deprecating about like what he does, and he's like—he's like people call my music like certain names or whatever. He's like, I'm a hip hop guy. Like I just listen to hip hop. I do music that you know for music or whatever. I like it. He's like, but like people that are like, oh, this guy. He's like, that's not really what I'm about. Like that's what I make as art. It's not what I listen to. Number three. We got a new plane. We got a new plane. The plane. <laughs> Silver and black, Allegiant airplane. How cool was this? It's fine. Why do you have to rain on every parade? Uh, We're because... totally in on the Las Vegas Raiders. Allegiant sure. is totally in on the Raiders. They're bringing fans in. That's why you should be pro this plane. Bringing fans in from all over the country to pay right. the high dollar prices of rooms and the games and everything else that goes into our economy. So this the... is great. The normal Allegiant jet wouldn't do that? It would, but it's not as exciting. There's a little extra level. Why? That's my It's point. a cool-looking plane. I've seen so many people like excited. Like, oh, man, I'm getting a flight on Allegiant. I hope I'm on the Raiders plane. It's cool, I, I suppose. I've never once. I was on a plane this weekend. I could not tell you what color it was or what it looked like. It took off and it landed. Well, you generally don't get to look at the plane when you're coming down the jetway. Do you look out the window to check out the plane? Occasionally, you look out as the yeah the jetway. You look out the little on the skybridge thing. They have a little window. I mean, if you you know if you fly from the executive airport like some of us do, you look at the planes. It's exciting. Sure, you got to walk out there. Yeah. It's fun. But I like I, when people are like, I really hope I'm on the the Raiders plane. Like, okay, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's you know when it's cool when it's landing over the I-15, like over Allegiant Stadium onto the onto the runway it'll look cool to people it will but like i've heard people say they want to fly in it we you, you realize it's the same plane right it just is painted a different color number two i'm just gonna say be careful what you wish for when it comes to tv and talk shows i don't understand all the max hatred and a lot most of it was from Stephen a who grew increasingly annoyed with max like actually pushing back on him you got to have, you know, I know people will get, get at Skip Bayless. I actually think Shannon Sharp does a pretty good job going after him. You got to have two people on there who are kind of on equal footing, or at least the appearance. And Stephen A, you know, blew out Max. Max is now doing, you know, I, national radio in the morning. I think that's why I think people chose thoughts. And when it was, you know, alpha versus alpha, if you want to say that, even though it wasn't, kind of, it wasn't quite even, it was a right. little disjointed. But people are going to pick sides. If you are staging arguments on the air every day, as they do, people are going to pick sides. I like that guy and I don't like that guy. And why is that guy always coming back at that guy? Why is he always yelling? Why doesn't he just let him make his points? Like, okay, you 
like this is the show. Right. You're supposed to want them to debate and have different feelings. But I think Stephen A, in his, you know, taking over the whole room, has kind of led the people to be like, ah, I don't like Max because he pushes back on them too much. So they're going to be moving in different athletes. I guess Keyshawn's turn was up. How'd this go? It's very limited. Okay. I give it to like four of those four or five dudes. I like Derek Carr, but that's just me. Oh my that's God. Me. You said that probably. I like Derek Did Carr. Did you just say that on I, national TV? Yes, I did. And I've been saying it since day one. Three years ago, he was an MVP candidate. Yes, got he hurt. was. John Gruden came in there, changed up everything, and he ain't missed a beat. They're not losing because of him, they're losing because of the damn oh. defense. So the argument here was what? Uh, let's talk about the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. It was how many quarterbacks in the NFL are elite? Okay. Are elite quarterbacks. Well, you and I were starting to bicker over the word elite. Well, that, and that's why I was kind of referencing it. Of yeah. how many, what is elite? Because I said Super Bowl contender. Well, how many do you include in that? And the, if you're saying elite, like I think the list is very limited. And Stephen A's list was Brady. So they gave Stephen A all, all the truly elite well, he guys. Goes, he goes, well, it's not who. He just said there's only this many elite guys. Right. It's Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes. Um, and I, he no Deshaun Watson because he's not playing right no Deshaun now. Watson. Um, and then and then he's like, I put Derek Carr in there. <laughs> Listen, Derek Carr is really good, but what? And if you want to say, hey, there's 20 elite quarterbacks, 15 elite quarterbacks, that's fine. I think now you're changing what the word means. I think th- th- there's no set. You can't say there's only three or only two or only four or whatever. But if you're starting to say there's 15, now we're changing what the word means. I actually like Derek Carr. He's no scrub. I'm not trying to imply that. But I just want to be clear. When you say elite, and we brought up Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you're saying on national television that Derek Carr belongs in that conversation? This is going to be every day, isn't it? Just giving Stephen A the, the biggest hammer ever. And the other guys have to fight from a position that's not exactly defensible or defendable. <laughs> I mean, what? I hope this isn't what it is. Every what day. are Fridays going to be like? What do you mean? With poor Tebow. Is that official that it's Tebow on Fridays? I thought it was Tebow Fridays. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, but, you know, there is there there is a danger here. Stephen A's talking football. We've seen some gaffes in the past. They stretch him pretty thin. You want to go hardcore college football against Tim Tebow? I mean, if Tebow wants to nut up, I think he, he'll be fine. But let's do hardcore college football, Stephen A. What they're going to have that happen? No. And if they don't, so what? Is Tebow talking the NFL? No, I think it's going to be it's supposed to be college. Oh, boy. This is going to be fascinating to follow how they shape this. But, I mean, sometimes even when you're right, you lose an argument just because you get dominated by, you know, the verbal onslaught. Right. So, like, Tebow can, can be right all they want. Stephen A's not going to let him win. Number one. Raiders depth chart is out for game one. Any surprises? KJ Wright right in there, huh? Yeah. I mean, I would say that's, you know, not not a surprise necessarily, but that you would think KJ Wright was going to start at some point. Right. Not, that, it's, that it's like the, the signing was made official yesterday. How did Corey Littleton take it? Uh, He said the right things. I would say... If you want, if you want to ask me how I would interpret his body language and his the energy, his energy in answering questions, not well. But you, I mean, really, you probably shouldn't take it well, right? I mean, you, you 
are coming off a very disappointing season when you're when there's a lot expected of you. Uh, you're coming into the season, you're about to, you know, get started, and you expect to be the starter and to try to make up for lost time. He's talked over and over this offseason about, you know, I need to make up for how bad I was last year. I need to play better. I need to be the guy in the linebacker core. I need to do this. And he was so ready for it. And then a week before the season, like, uh, take a seat. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. That ball is massacred by Austin Hayes. Oh, my goodness. You come at the king, you best not miss. 14-game hit streak for Austin. And that one as loud as any of them. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on. Going to talk Arizona State UNLV football here at uh, multiple spots, including uh, 6.30 starts of the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Orioles. Call there. Is there an Omar Little reference in there? Oh, yeah. Come at the King, best not miss. It's good. Good tribute. Nice. From Baltimore. And, hey, listen, when you're calling games for a team that can't win, yeah, might as well drop in some fun. Sure. So what's going on with the Raiders are running back? So Josh Jacobs may be dinged up. You bring in Kenyon Drake for a good amount of money. You sign Peyton Barber, and they're still kicking the tires and other running backs the last couple days. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, Josh Jacobs is not practiced in two days. Uh, I've been told nothing to see here. Okay, we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, be back at practice, see how he's ready to go, because tomorrow is the first official game week practice. A lot of teams had theirs um, yesterday. Today is usually the day off if you're a Sunday game. Um, I actually all day thought it was Tuesday today. Uh, it happens because because that's the day off. Like you get in such a routine during the season, day off. That's Tuesday. It wasn't. It was Wednesday today because Monday night game. Uh, but tomorrow's the first game week practice for the Raiders. That's when you start putting in everything for Baltimore. And everything else. Uh, it's when you start having to submit, you know, the injury reports and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll find out and we'll see what his status is at practice tomorrow. But they are, while people are saying close to the team. Everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. They are acting like there is something to worry about. So we'll find out what that is tomorrow. And maybe maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's, hey, you're just trying to find better depth. I mean, we said earlier the Texans are carrying like 12 running backs. So maybe you just want to have five running backs. Maybe you want extra guys. But it feels like there's at least something to be cautious about. Is this something – do you think it's a new injury or something that's lingered? Fair question. I mean, I, I think well, the, the reason I ask it is because the you know so many people have questioned why they spent so much money on Kenyon Drake when they seem to have a lead running back. Well, so, and and we've talked about you know Jacobs runs hard and there's a lot of games that he can't hard. finish or he has to miss you know portions of. Yeah, and when when I talk about Josh Jacobs, I don't use the word fragile or you know people like to use those words and guys get injured a lot. Like he just he plays the game so physically uh, at that position and that that position beats you down anyway. But he plays so physically that it's very rare that he goes through a whole game and you don't see him with the trainers or over by the tent or being attended to. Like he just, he is just 
going 100 miles an hour all the all the time on the field, and sometimes that takes a toll. And so I, I think that's why you bring in Kenyon Drake to have another option. Also, Kenyon Drake red zone option. Um, and let's not forget, we were talking about the depth chart earlier. Now, I asked Gruden about this last week. He kind of revealed it. But Kenyon Drake is going to be the kickoff returner also. So, I mean, Kenyon Drake is going to do a lot of different roles uh, for this team. But uh, also, if he's if he has to start a running back, I doubt you have him as a kickoff returner. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a lot a lot of roles he can be used for. That's why they spent money on him. But um, it's also the fact that often Josh Jacobs is is banged up and being intended to. This Saturday, if all things go uh, according to plan, Josh Jacobs will be part of a meet-and-greet with our guy Q from our sister station, Raider Nation Radio 920. That's going to be at Ford Country, 280 North Gibson in Henderson. In Henderson, meet-and-greet with Raiders running back Josh Jacobs and Q. That's going to be from 3 until 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. 3 until 4.30. They'd like you to bring two uh, food items to donate. If you need more details on the uh, meet-and-greet with Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, go to lvsportsnetwork.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Did Coach Saban ever use the expression D's nuts? Oh, man. Coach Saban has his way of doing things. He's definitely a character. He's definitely funny. Is that a yes, Jalen? Hey, he he may use that. He may use something else. He, He has jokes, though. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Dan Patrick with Jalen Hurts. Jalen not answering there. My guess is that he couldn't remember. But he says Nick Saban has jokes. I, I, I believe that. If you're like, around kids, you have to be able to relate to them. Of course. I feel like Nick Saban is, has lightened up a little bit over sure. the years. Sure. It happens as you get older. I've lightened up, haven't I? No. Maybe it's past 60 that happens. You're, something you're there. Look, something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Herm Edwards is with us. Uh, he knows about uh, growing as an individual, as a coach, and maybe uh, changing your personality a little bit to deal with the younger guys today. Coach, how are you? I'm well. Thank you guys very much for letting me be on your show. I Thank you so much on a game week for coming on with us. Have you lightened up over the years? Um. I'm just who I am. I haven't changed a whole lot. I mean, I, I think there might be a perception of me that, that a lot of people think that, uh, you know, I, I'm a certain way, but I think the people that have been around me kind of know who I am. I guess better stated, have you, have you, did you, have you changed at all in, you know, now dealing with uh, 18 to 23-year-olds maybe as opposed to how you may have been, you know, 20 years ago? Well, I think if you don't change and grow in life, you, 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 you're behind, right? Uh, yeah. I think whether the years that I played as a young athlete or the players that play now, I think the thing that you have to deal with now is that they have access to a lot of information. And there's more people in their ears now because of the information they get, right? I mean, that, that's what you're dealing with. I mean, everybody's coaching your team but you because everyone has a comment. Everyone has something to say. And that's the battle that I think every coach has to deal with. Well, Coach, we know that you know things change, technology changes, music changes, all that. But are kids different now than they were? You know, maybe twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, or are kids kind of the same all the time? Well, no, I, I think um, kids in today's world um, they want things right now because we live in a world where you you press a button and it it appears. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the world we live in. We, we live in a world where we don't want to wait for anything. And I think with that, um, you know, life is about patience. It's about perseverance. It's about going through some things at times where 
uh, might be a little tough, but it kind of builds your character, you know. And I'm not saying the kids don't do that, but I'm just saying we live in a world now where with a press of your finger, you can gather information or you can get some. It's the voice of Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards, 7.30 start on Saturday. UNLV will be in Tempe. So for you, what was game one like, uh, you know, putting behind some of the nonsense of the offseason, uh, you know, mostly getting rid of a lot of the, the COVID protocols? What was that first game like for you? For us, I think it was exciting. I think it was exciting for all guys and coaches and fans, you know, finally seeing fans in the stadium. That was uh, that was a little bit different for us. We only played four games last year, and we were fortunate to play a home game our first game. and just the atmosphere of, of going into a stadium and, and playing with fans. But like like all games uh, in, in the beginning of the season, you're just trying to get a barometer of, of kind of who you are. And then from there, it's all about fixing things, right? That's what coaches do. You fix things. When you look at UNLV, um, they got going uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime. I mean, that's probably the team that they look at now that this is who we need to be going forward, right? And, and they did a, a heck of a job coming back and making that game very competitive. And uh, they've got some good players on both sides of the ball. Uh, they've got some speed. Um, they've got some size with their offensive line. Have an excellent running back. Well, I, I tell you what, I marvel at the running back now. He is a good football player. Uh, quarterback came in. Uh, we know him. We had recruited him, in, recruited him at one time. Uh, one of our players uh, played with him in high school. So, got a powerful arm. Can make you miss in the pocket. Big, strong guy. Big offensive line. Can knock you off the ball. Defensively, they got some good players on the defense, boy, and there's some bumpers too. They they run and tackle, so they're 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 a team that um, I think the fourth and the overtime. That's who they want to become. It, you make some good points about you know UNLV's improvement throughout the game and some of the good stuff they showed, particularly in the second half. Uh, but is it difficult to, to get that message to your team? You guys coming off a successful week and playing a team that lost to an FCS school, how hard is it to get the message to the players of, hey, you might look at the result, but look at this other stuff that they did that's really good? Well, I've always been that way. I, I just look at the teams for, for what they are and, and, and the talent they have. And, and I think that's that's the hardest thing in college football. That's why you see so many upsets week in and week out, because the emotion of young players and, and just young people, period, you know, and, and you can count on it. Every week there's going to be an upset. It just is. I mean, you look at college football the first weeks, right? <laughs> you, just, you see it happening, and you, you try to warn them. Here it is. It, it happens, and I just think you have to be prepared that week. I've always said this in football. I've been around a long time. It's not who you play. It's how you play the day you play. What were you happiest with in the victory over Southern Utah? Well, I, I think for us, um, we, we – uh, Really, we played the Sun Devils the first half with all the fouls we had. We had a lot of fouls, a lot of emotional fouls. In the second half, we kind of found our way, um, got our running game going uh, pretty good uh, defensively, took the ball away. So those are some things you can build on. But we got a lot of work to do, and we know it. And, and we're playing a, a very talented, and they got talent on both sides of the ball, the UNLV football team. Uh, you guys like to run the ball, and you played some 22 personnel, uh, and you got two big backs do you actually think it throws off uh, some of the opposition because so much of the defense now at most schools is kind of built to stop the pass and have, you know, multiple defensive backs and safeties out there? Well, I think this, I think um, whether in pro football, college football, um, to score points, you got to throw, but to win games, you got to run. And um, I think UNLV does a nice job of that themselves. They run the football. You know, you look at 
your rushing yards. They had what they had two hundred forty two yards rushing. So um, I still think you have to run the football, and and you know we're fortunate we, we have some pretty good backs. I know anytime we run over two hundred yards, we're we're nine and one. What's the next level for you in terms of expectations to get Jaden Daniels to you know to that that top level quarterback? What does he need to work on? Well, last year because of the shortened season um, and, and really having a bunch of young receivers, just growing with his receiving core, I think that's the key uh, for him. And, and when you watch him when he came in as a freshman and last year he only played four games, and now where he's at, he's headed in that direction. Very talented young man. There's no doubt about that. Now it's just getting familiar with the offense. You know, this offense was new last year, only four games. Uh, so he's going to grow with this offense and these receivers this year. That it would be fun to watch. How is he dealing with some newfound fame in terms of uh, enjoying the spoils <laughs> NIL? Yeah, that's that's interesting. If you, if you know Jaden's personality, he's not he's not that kind of guy. He doesn't seek it out at all. Um, it's kind of funny because he took all the offensive linemen out. Uh, for dinner last week uh, nice. with, with some of this, you know, and I told him that I said, hey, man, you're getting all this stuff. You know, you take care of your guys. And, and I thought he was going to just take the offensive line. He took the whole offense out. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a real good idea. By the way, I think he's he's got a car out of this, but he's also got a uh, – the one I'm more intrigued by as a guy who uh, is, from New, is from New Jersey, he's got a pizza deal. He's got his own yeah. pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jaden Byer or something like that. I told him they got way too much stuff on there for me, man. I know. <laughs> Extra cheese, pepperoni. Got everything on there. I, mean, I saw that thing. I said, whoop. I said, no, no, I can't do this, man. That's, that's too much. That's too much of a pizza for me. <laughs> do you have to have a slice just to, just to be supportive? Yeah, well, you know, you know, yeah, well uh, I'll say uh, I had a little piece of it. Not, not bad. Not bad. Good pizza. Good pizza. <laughs> Coach, how, how, how has it been kind of navigating this new world? This is a huge, huge change to college sports. How has it been for you? Oh, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun for me, um, and, and really being around young people give you energy. And I mean, I've, I've got my own energy as well. But just being around them, you know, I have two young daughters. I mean, I've, I've got two of them in high school, the ninth and the tenth grade. So it's not like I'm far removed from it. Um, but you know, when when I was at, at, at the worldwide leader, um, I, I coached the Under Armour All American game for about eight years. So I was coaching high school athletes, and it was a lot of fun. And um, to be blessed to come here and and to try to build a program has been a lot of fun. Is it more difficult managing the personalities of ninety college boys or two high school girls? <laughs> All girls always win. You know, you know. When, remember when you're well, you're my age. I mean, you know, back in the day that I grew up, and I always say this. You know, they used to have that little dog in the car. You know, when and when the car starts, it just it heads went up and down. You know, <laughs> yeah. like yes. Well, when you have three women in your house, you just do that a lot, and you're okay. You just say yes. There's not a lot of no's. The dog just kind of goes yes. Okay, what else you want? It's all good. It's a safe approach. <laughs> all right, Coach. Well, we'll see you down there. We appreciate the time during the game week. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. God bless you now. Thank you. There he is, Herm Edwards, head coach at Arizona State. Every time we talk to him, he's pretty reasoned, and like he's he seems to be cool with the changes and developments. Why does it seem like so many coaches, especially his age, were horses' asses the last like four or five years when we were talking about the lead up to this? Why were there so many guys who were like, "It's gonna ruin college football"? And now, like, now you you've seen, I think now that especially the biggest boys realize 
like what an advantage it is for them with all the money they have around the program. I don't understand all the grumpiness and this resistance to friggin' change. When you hear a guy like Herm Edwards, who's he's 67 years old and Herm, he's just like kind of chuckling it off. Like you deal with it. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is I do believe there are certain coaches who without mentioning any schools, I think there are certain coaches who looked at their recruiting budgets and what they were able to do for recruits and athletes and be like, nobody's matching this. Right. Like this is an advantage we have, and nobody else can do like, it. Like this could actually level the playing field. And it now you screw us. Yeah, if you're if you're say a top five program in the country, I'm not going to say any names of them. And you're like, wait, now I have to recruit against you know a Louisville of the world because Louisville could offer all this money or all this you know endorsement deals or all these like that becomes more difficult. And I think the other aspect of it is some of those top level coaches have had an iron fist over their program and like. You were going to do what I say all the time. Yeah. And now you have kids that are coming in like, coach, I make $2 million doing an insurance endorsement deal. Huh. I don't care what you tell me. Did you see on the lower end what Michigan State just put together? No. I guess so. Uh, one of their big boosters is some guy named Matt Ishbia. Um, so he's got a mortgage company and they're going to be giving $500 stipends to all football and basketball players. Pretty good. For the season. So Pretty good. And it's, you know, it's deals like that. That doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it's deals like that that make a big difference. And they're going to add up, you know, to the guys on the football team who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't get much of a taste of this, you know, like Jaden Daniels is a starting quarterback for a Pac-12 team. So yeah, he's going to, he's driving, I think the Mustang that he's got, it tops out at value of like $51,000. He's getting the, you know, he's got the pizza deal. Um, I know the pizza place was raving about him and his mom and how they're dealing with it. So, but that, um, I'm, I'm a big toppings guy when it comes to pizza. I don't mind a lot of toppings. I'm not a mushroom guy. Um. But yeah, the extra cheese, I don't, if you go extra cheese, I don't think you need many more toppings than that. But again, his pizza is the JD5 pizza. It's extra cheese, pepperoni, mushrooms, bacon, and sausage. That's That's a lot of swine. Sounds great. I mean, I'm very pro swine. You throw some black olives on that thing, it might be one of my Uh, favorite pizzas. That makes it completely disgusting. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter podcast with Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. It's interesting to hear or be reminded of the fact that uh, Arizona State, I think Arizona was in on him too, that uh, Herm Edwards was saying, you know, he's got familiarity with Doug Brumfield, that they were looking at him. That was a uh, Tony Sanchez recruit. And at the time, that was a, a pretty big get. And hopefully it's going to pay dividends this year if uh, Brumfield can take control of the job, take control of the job. He, uh, I thought he showed some good things, you know, especially in the fourth quarter in terms of arm strength and mobility. And we'll see if, you know, he can have – he can adjust to the adjustments because guess what? Every week is a different week. You know, you heard Herm Edwards, you know, pumping up UNLV. Believe me, they're prepping for it. And they've got this is a look ahead spot for them. So they blew out Southern Utah in week one. They've got UNLV this week, and then they're at BYU next week. I was actually gonna ask him a question, and I have no idea what he'd say. Um, maybe it's an obvious answer, but this alliance, I wonder if schools like Arizona State are like, you know what, we would rather in the non con schedule some regional games rather than be involved in, you know, crossover games with the Big Ten and the ACC. Is that stupid for me to think that if 
if your recruiting hub is the West, that you'd want to just play mostly teams in the West, or do you, you know, or does Arizona State have dreams of being a national program where, hey, we get some exposure in the Midwest and the Southeast, we can pull kids to Tempe. Yeah, but I think it's your your goals as a university and as, as an athletic department are different than your football goals, and I think the alliance is for the better good of the athletic department and the football program and everything else. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily just what's best for the football team, but yeah, as a, as a football team, I think uh, for sure, like some of these, some of these games, like the schedule kind of works out pretty well for how you should probably build a schedule, you know, a couple of games that you should win, build some confidence and then a challenge, you know, to lead into conference play. I think that's probably how, how you want to build it. But I guess the answer from a lot of people in the uh, the Southeast, you know, ACC and Big Ten country would be like the, the Pac-12 needs all the help it can get. I would actually argue the Pac-12 is is as deep as any conference in the country. And, you know, a lot of the reasons it doesn't get, you know, the top end attention and get into the college football playoff is it actually does have depth. But maybe I'm a West Coast homer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what happens to BYU schedule once if they are, you know, if they are going to accept the bid to the Big 12. Does that mean you know all of the all the rivalries or games you know that they schedule out here for football are are gone? You know, no more Utah State, no more BYU, because now now they they can kind of cover that the Western rivalry thing by having a game here in Vegas every year, and apparently it looks like Notre Dame's on the docket in a couple of years, a couple of years or next year, whatever. Holy War, sure. <laughs> who, do, who do you root for in that Holy War? Neither. It's my answer is easy. Yes. I'll- I'll, I'll borrow from. I'm not pulling out the pom poms for either no, school. No, for sure, not going to happen. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We'll talk more about the matchups, uh, some of the matchups in the uh, 6:30 slot to 7:30 with Marcus Arroyo. If we get to it, um, UNLV offensive line did pretty well. Actually, had some good scores on PFF. Believe it or not, Pro Football Focus rates everything in college football. Yeah. And I talked to Julio Garcia the other day, uh, six-year, 24-year-old offensive lineman from Gorman. Um, who's 6'3", 330 pounds. By the way, like, gentle giant. When I was talking to him, what a – because he comes out in the face paint, and he's like he's one of the more aggressive guys during the game, and he can, he can get a little chippy during the game. Really nice kid. Really, really nice kid. But he was saying, like, he, he knew how he had done on PFF. I was like, oh, that's cool. The coaches give that to you. He's like, nope. He's like, I look, I look for – he goes, I look at it, and I use it as, you know, motivation for the guys on the line. I'll, I'll feed them that stuff. And uh, he was actually mentioning – uh, he said on Arizona State they've got some inside players. One being DJ Davidson. He's like, I'm really looking forward to that going against that guy because he's six five and three twenty. Embrace like, the I, challenge. Like, I'm ready. Yeah, I like it. So not that was not you in high school. That's why you were not an elite prospect. Did you? Oh, God, no. Did you? Did you scout ahead at Silverado and you're like, oh, there's a guy as big as me or bigger. I can't wait to face him. I would watch tape and be like, oh God. <laughs> what, what am I? What am I? What did you? Do? What did you hate more? A uh, speed guy. Or just a guy like Frank Mir, who was you know two hundred and forty pounds, whatever he was in high school. I would, just I would rather, guy. I would rather try to block speed guys because you know, again, we've I had about, great feet. I, I had, I had really good feet. I could move well, but also, I love that. also, it hurt less. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not, I, there's, I'm not, there is no. You were just minimizing pain. You yes. are, you are not out the thump. No, you were thinking man's offensive lineman every week. How could I feel the least amount of pain? Like I would leave games and just be like, I. This is this is not worth it. I hate this. I would just and, and I've I've talked I, I about it. I don't blame you. I well, part of the you know we'll, we'll have this conversation tomorrow with with Julio and I may have done it off mic, but like part of it was like I don't know why you guys like he's twenty four. I'm like I don't know why you're doing this. This it's a hundred degrees out here. It's like this is tough, man. It's and and fans listen. I, I think a lot of fans appreciate the the 
everything that high school players, college football players, NFL players go through, but it is, it's freaking rough. And I've, I've like I've said, and I'm not, I'm not hyping myself up. I'm saying I was terrible, but I had all the attributes that I should have been good. And so there was three games in, in one season where I never left the field. Offense, defense, special teams never left the field. And I would leave games and just be like, what am I doing? This is, this is stupid. And you would just get hit over and over again. It sucked. Uh, so yes, I'd rather have the speed guy who wasn't going to run me over and knock me out. You know what got me, too, on Hard Knocks last night when they showed uh, who was where, was it where? Yeah. Who was working out with Micah Parsons and sure. doing the arm chops. And I'm like, that must hurt so much. It, does. it was like, <laughs> he's he's chopping down on your forearm. And then when you come through, he chops to the side. And you're like, well, how much I uh, if I got if I got my hands up and I was blocking yeah. and somebody went for the chop, I'd move them out of the way. <laughs> You're not getting me. I'm, I'm not taking the hit. That's so amazing. Coke, just go. Just go. What am I? What am I doing? Well, you get in the way. Yes, I would stand in the way, but I'm not going to take a chop. All right, coming up at 6:30, we got the Marcus Warrior Radio Show, Caleb Herring, and myself, along with the coach over at Parkway Tavern in Flamingo in 215. Stop in. Great football talk. Might have some tickets to give away. Looking ahead to the Iowa State game. I'm certain we'll preview this week's Arizona State game. We'll see you.